Welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm Brad Humphrey, facilitator today. We're sponsored by 4constructionpros.com and Caterpillar. In fact, we have two industry experts from Caterpillar with us again today, Jason Hurtis and Lonnie Fritz. How are you guys doing today? Good, Brad. How are you doing? Good, Brad. How are you? Good to have both of you guys here. Today, guys, we want to get into uh, the topic of building and training more operator safety uh, awareness and, and probably some quality awareness in there as well as our main focus. And I know safety is is a given, and I know it's, unfortunately, I think it's overused sometimes. We've had that discussion. That it's almost, you know, it's just expected. But sometimes a lot of companies aren't really very good at it, to be honest with you. Maybe let's start off big picture. What are some of your general observations about the impact of safety or some of our challenges with it in the construction industry right now? Sorry, Jason. I think it starts with, are we checking a box? Are we actually serious about safety? So at the highest level, I think, Brad, is if we're checking a box, then we do whatever is told of us and we don't implement it in the field. Um, If we are serious about safety, we have a very comprehensive safety program bought in from the top, cascaded throughout the organization, operators, laborers, whatever the trade, the craft may be. Everybody is held to the same standards and it is just how we start our shift. It is in the very beginning, it's the forefront of our minds. Um, as opposed to waiting for an incident and then getting serious about safety for a little bit, and then it kind of dwindles away and, and, and leaves us. So without I think a lot of it's name, in the beginning. Without naming a name, what the contractor you said that they're so committed to it that they don't even leave the yard. Yes, regardless regardless of what the task or task task or task are at hand, mm-hmm. they do not start their shift until safety is uh, is handled in the beginning of that shift and there is a level of accountability so it goes from the crews into the management team and they just know the metrics that they're held to and that helps all their loved ones uh, go home safe at the end of their shift every day and allow them to work alongside each other again the next shift yeah that's and i know that's the motivation or it's at least the thought from by by many contractors hey we want our guys and gals to go home safe to see your families i mean i've heard them use that line and it's true we 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 want them to be safe Jason, from your perspective, what are you seeing? I think it's more important today than it's been in the past because the workers have changed. You know, they they didn't grow up around combines. They did not grow up around conveyors and augers, and now they're in this industry, and, you know, they don't really understand the power of a of a conveyor system or a power of a big piece of equipment and, and how to be safe with that. Plus, this same generation is growing up with embedded safety devices. Right. You know, it's not the 1960s where you just had the lap belt seatbelt, you know. Yeah. Now they got the shoulder harnesses and they got the lap belt and the thing buzzes at them until it puts it on. Or sometimes the car won't go over 30 miles an hour if the radio is too loud. Um, you have automatic headlights on cars. So you didn't have that years before. You were responsible for that. So they've grown up with things trying to make them safer that, you know, they think is mainstream culture that comes into our industry. And and we do have a lot of things, but sometimes we're, we're lagging behind. I mean... We do have seat belts. We do have three-point, five-point harnesses. We have indicators. Right. Um, we have tattletale for the seat belts. If the operator is not wearing the seat belt, the manager can get a text message saying, you know, Lonnie's not wearing a seat belt today. Yeah. Um, rear view cameras, object detection, you know, all that stuff that started on highway and the little, you know, play school cars that they had is coming into our industry because that's what they've grown up with. Yeah. But they don't, 
you know, they don't have the, the background or the education. So as Lonnie mentioned, you know, the culture and the drive from the leadership down of this is how we do it. This is why we do it. You know, we're going to have a toolbox talk before anybody leaves. Right. We're going to hand out inspection forms for the equipment. You got to do them. By the way, they're online now. We have inspect apps, so you don't need paper. You know, all trying to fit yeah. that new environment to continue the safety awareness so our injury rate goes down. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, what, what I don't want you to listen to is that we're, that we're saying that the, the tool talks, safety talks are just, you know, blase, just go through them. In fact, just the opposite. And because the numbers out there aren't very good, quite honestly. Again, there's more construction going on right now than we've had in a long time. So you, you, had, you got more people actively working. You're going to have a few more accidents. I get that. But, but what we're talking about here is having the right culture, the right leadership. Let me, let me go more to equipment for just a moment. Um, I mean, you guys are the experts. You guys are the industry experts on this stuff. And, and obviously with Caterpillar being so committed to technology and improvement you know, and that kind of stuff, where's Caterpillar at on safety on their own equipment? I mean, how would you guys address that? Uh, we spend millions of dollars on research on incline of ladders and stairs and handrails. And uh, then we have automated systems like driver safety systems where if you blink too long, we're monitoring that and, and we'll alert the operator to wake up or shift. If they're looking down at their cell phone, while they're operating a piece of equipment, we can derate that Get piece of equipment. Get out of here. Oh. How do you do that one? Is that technical confidentiality all, it, stuff? No, it's all based on where your <laughs> eyes are at and how you're paying attention. And, wow. And then they can differentiate between, you know, I'm a long blinker compared to you that's a short blinker, for example. But if your eyes are shifted and not looking where they should be looking for an extended period of time, we take that as so a the guy that wears contacts on a dry day is really <laughs> yeah. up a creek without a paddle. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? We've had people try different tints on sunglasses thinking <laughs> they could get around us and, and we can you can have the darkest tint sunglasses and we can still detect where your That's eyes awesome. are looking. That I did not know that. That is really cool. What else are we seeing that Caterpillar is really and again I'm not talking about futuristic inventions, yeah. but what 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 is that? I know you guys are committed to it, but what is going on? What are some of the features that even that we might even see on a piece of equipment today that we didn't see ten years ago? Yeah, we have the very simple from just the contours of the hoods, right. just giving greater visibility from the cab, getting rid of the exterior rollover protection systems, integrating them into the cab. Next generation D six D six XE is uh, the the latest and greatest on um, getting rid of those obstructions. Um, if you look at the next generation excavators two D e-fence um, you can set those parameters like e-swing you work along a barrier wall live traffic on the other side of the barrier wall you do not want to swing into the live yeah. traffic obviously you can preset those parameters and that machine will not swing outside of those um, again we've talked a little bit about wearables in a previous podcast you, know, you kind of look at um, a labor that went from looking like he or she was headed to the beach to the one that today looks like a superhero. And what I mean by that is I have had rake rakers on asphalt crews that start with Velcro shoes, no shirt, and shorts. And that ended up in pants, a shirt to cover their shoulders, a vest, safety glasses, and now we're configuring them with RFIDs. So we've literally went from the beach 
to the superhero and it's all in good faith and trying to keep them safe as possible. Um, The industry being construction is known to be the highest risk, if not one of the riskiest out there. So why aren't we one of the most proactive in safety and try to head that off? We could really drive those numbers down again by culture, buy-in training, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of opportunity there, Brad, and it all leads to emotion value and dollars. Yeah. And for those of you that are listening for the owner or the senior leader in charge of budgets and costs, Obviously, you know that the safer the company is, the lower their mod rate is, which means we're going to pay less in insurance, yada, yada, yada. So we, we, it, they've made it. Insurance has almost forced us into this. You know, and it's, it's obviously a philosophical question to wonder if insurance didn't really impact this, how much commitment would there be? But it's still the right thing to yes, do. Yes, it is. It's still the right thing. And we're seeing more customers in the industry actually um, putting it in the specifications yep. of what you shall have on to work that's, on their sites. And that's growing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, because I've had more and more customers. Customers talk about that now than five, even five years ago. I didn't hear that much about it. It's definitely a trend. Yeah. Yeah, Even for us as contractors, you know, we used to be able to slide underneath the radar with a lot of companies. Well, he's a contractor. He's only going to be here for an hour or two hours. That's not that way today. I mean, they're stepping on your toes to see if they're still toed shoes. And you have to have the right type of safety vest, breakaway. We want yellows or oranges, hard hats. I mean, they're... They're, they're getting it. Well, the big job sites are even crazier about hard – you brought up hard hats. Uh, the color of the hard hat depends on – it designates who you're from. Who you are, your it's a big deal. experience. It's a big deal. And, you know, if you have an emergency or a crisis on the job site, you, you can't be guessing who's who in those kind of situations. Let, let me – it actually leads into a nice uh, – let me, let me ask you another question. Do you think – do you think it's important to have a designated safety director? Isn't safety everybody's business? It is everybody's business, but I think it's like anything else. If you don't think somebody's looking or watching over your shoulder, you get, uh, I'll use the word complacent. Okay. But uh, you're right. It's everybody's job to do their job safely, to ask questions. But I think if you have the culture where you have a safety director where, you know, this chain doesn't look right, if I can take it to somebody and they agree with me and say, yeah, let's replace the chain. I think that just goes to help your overall culture, whether that's a dedicated person like some companies have, or Brad, I've been companies where, hey, it's the pit foreman and he's also the safety director. Well, it's kind of funny you said that. I, I developed something in my own business years ago, and then I've taught it you know, through courses through the years called the star, the, the star concept. And you put the, put the foreman, in this case, in the middle of the star, and you have five points. And if the crew's large enough, you might have a safety, we call them safety coordinator, safety coordinator, a PM coordinator, a quality coordinator, you know, a, a P, you know, four or five different roles. And in some cases, we might have paid those individuals an extra, you know, nickel or quarter an hour sure. kind of a thing. But the safety coordinator wasn't, resp- and, and you brought this up, they weren't responsible for your life, but they were responsible to make sure that everybody did have a hard hat, that if you needed gloves and you didn't have a pair, you went to the coordinator. I didn't want people going to the foreman for everything because he or she is trying to run the, run the crew. But we, and we, you know it worked? And what's so funny was when you said that, I thought of two or three guys that we had in those roles over the years. We would the guy that complained the most about safety, we made him the safety coordinator. <laughs> so it shut him up, but it also gave us a little bit of a head start. So I really appreciate you sharing that. It may not be a fully dedicated paid position. And I don't know when that right time is to hire that full-time safety director, but I think when you start pushing 30, 40, 50 employees, you might be looking at somebody that's going to pay a lot more attention to that than just 
hoping that everybody's taking care of yeah, themselves. I, th- I think it could be a number of employees. I think it could be the type of contracts that you have. Bingo. Yeah, you're right. You know, that may be driving that if yeah. you're... What type you know, of work you're doing. Type of work. I mean, if you're a landscaper, that's a little bit different mm-hmm. than if you're if you're doing, you know, commercial buildings mm-hmm. or if you're doing heavy highway or mm-hmm. if you're regulated by OSHA or mm-hmm. Amshaw. So mm-hmm. I think that's good. Yeah, some of that's, uh, you know, can be governmentally regulated too based on number of employees. You know, we've talked about certain clients of our clients, you know, in the construction industry requiring certain onboard, on-person technologies to work on their site. So some of it is dictated to the industry in telling them you shall have a safety director. I guess I kind of look at it this way, Brad, is there's a chief financial officer or somebody in charge of the money. That's right. But we as the employees, we're all responsible for contributing to the bottom line. Right. So somebody's got to orchestrate the yeah. band. That's a good. That's good advice. Okay, for both of you guys, because you, you cover such a wide range of equipment for Caterpillar. Um, when you are when when a when a contractor gets a new piece of equipment, are we literally going over? And it's probably the dealer. I'm I'm assuming it's the, the the dealers that are going through this. Of course, do they really spend a lot of time on the safety the safety aspects of that equipment? Yes, they should. Okay, we so train, it's not just operate. We train them to do that, and, and we have we have YouTube videos or some access. We have YouTube access. videos. Our all of our equipment information, you know, is set up with machine performance, yeah. safety. What are the safety features on this machine? You know, how do you use them? It's covered in the operation manuals. It's covered on YouTube videos. Again, so they can get that important. through through dealers. You guys, what are some of the other? Go to the go to your website for that kind of download stuff for access. There's a whole um, Caterpillar Safety Services as okay. far as the services they provide, the different technologies on our machines. There's Perfect. available in our marketing materials under a special safety section. Again, leveraging our dealer network with the experts there for training and yeah. pointing out those safety features because they've all right. been trained through Caterpillar yeah. experts. Yeah. Um, and again, the the digital world of the YouTube videos—it's it's all free. I mean, it's yeah, actually, yeah it's it's there for we're right. we're, we're trying right. to benefit it's our free people. Knowledge, yeah, and we have it bet. for different disciplines too. I mean, it's not just the operator, or the yeah. foreman. It's also yeah. service techs and the customer techs yeah. on you know how do you safely de-energize a yeah. machine? And yeah. now you get into electric drives and you get into voltage. Well, how do you safely work on those and? All that information is available. Awesome. You guys are really complete. Let me ask you one last question before we close out. <laughs> Back to the employee for just a moment. How do we infect? I use the word infect. How do we really get safety so that it's literally embedded, short of putting a chip in their brain? <laughs> How do we embed that? Because what scares me to death is we have a lot of enthusiastic people that when they do come in, but they've never been in construction before. Yeah, right. be serious about it, Brad. You got to walk the talk, talk the talk, you know, per se, um, buy in from the top. I want to underscore that, but at the same time, we have to allow resources. If you're asking, you know, you dictating per se, here's our safety culture. Here's what we ask you to follow. And you need to start your day with a toolbox safety talk, but you're out there as a manager wondering why all the machines aren't up and running at the start of the shift. You need to allow safety to take place first and then go about the actual execution of the project. So I think that's a lot of it, Brad, is giving them the resources. And that's not just the paper the toolbox talk is on or tossing them a, an iPad that has you know, any kind of tablet that has that content right. in it. Right. It's also allowing them to physically execute and deliver yeah. the safety message, the training, yeah. the personal protective yeah. equipment. And oh, by the way, when the owner walks out onto the job site, he or she shall be wearing work boots, 
full oh, length yeah. pants, no vest, glasses, yeah. etc. Hard hat if that's yeah. your policy. Yeah, no so. exceptions. I think even for the contractor that's listening right now that shows up to the job site, especially if well, it doesn't matter what day it is, take you or someone that knows what they're looking for needs to take a quick, you know, about you know, a little site visit, make sure that the things you thought were supposed to be there are still there and things that have changed overnight. Because you know as well as I do, some of the parts of this country got in rainstorms like, you know, out the wazoo this spring. And I've actually had several clients that actually had sinkholes yes. that showed up on oh, their right. job sites. Yeah. And that's not funny because you get a guy that hey, was just here yesterday, looked like everything is fine. And boy, he's off Going on forward. a, you know, he's off in one of your pieces of equipment, goes into that, that sinkhole. we got some real problems. Thank you for the information, guys. This, this has really been a, a worthwhile, hopefully an educational uh, session for you two that are listening. Again, Thank you for your, your time. If you're interested in other podcasts, if this is the only one, first one you've listened to, go to forconstructionpros.com and subscribe uh, and have access to all of the other. It's really easy to sign up for it, but you get access to the other podcasts. We've got a bunch of them out there on different topics. Thank you for listening and put safety to work for you. Be safe. Think safe. Thank you very much. <laughs>